0: Shane McMahon from the WWE surviving a helicopter crash that went into the water. Also, the Doctor being named as a new female. Jodie Whittaker taking the first female lead in Doctor Who. And Beyonce and Jay-Z announcing the names and showing pictures of their beautiful brand new twin babies. Those stories did not make the top ten in conversations for the past week. So which stories did? We'll talk about that in just a moment here for the Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast from ThisIsTheConversation.com. This is the Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast for the week ending July 22nd. 2017. And welcome to the podcast. This is the weekly wrap-up podcast from thisistheconversation.com. Glad to have you along with us for the ride, the full ride from the week. We go from July the 14th to July the 20th. Uh, That's seven full days of time where we went through all the conversations from a Friday to a Thursday. Creeping a little bit into the Thursdays there that overlap and get you the best stories, the ones that you thought were the best stories, the most responding to the stories within the last seven days. And we give it to you in a top 10 list, David Letterman style from reverse order 10 to 1, to let you know how they reacted, how you reacted to the stories, and which ones sent you totally bonkers. We'll follow that up with an interview segment today. This time we'll talk to Daryl McCullough, who is one of the hosts for the Full Circle Podcast. So a podcast, I've been gra- they've been gracious enough to allow me to be on the talk politics and pop culture a few times and hopefully get on a couple more times as well. I like to think I'm a friend of the show there. He will play the brackets, Daryl will, and see which stories he'll get a chance to chat about after taking the unfair advantage of having to choose between two totally differently weighed stories. We'll talk about those in just a bit and then we'll get into some of the other thins the also rans ones that didn't quite make the top 10 some that had an unfair advantage of being late stories and didn't have enough run some of the late stories had plenty of run to get into the top 10 this week so it's amazing how high some of the stories got with being so late including we'll get to some really really interesting ones from on thursday or yesterday as we're recording this that almost made it into the top 10 based on their popularity but uh it just time didn't work out quite well enough for them. So we'll get to that in just a bit. But first let's go ahead and take care of the top ten stories because that's what we do. Starting off in backwards order, reverse order, ten to one. And the weird thing about life is we known so much about people and sometimes just really famous people that you have no reason to know about is because of lawsuits and legal things being put in the public record. This a lot of things from this today happened to deal with all that stuff. This one uh, being Usher, number 10 story, that he paid one woman $1.1 million a few years ago because he allegedly infected her with herpes. Now, she apparently actually has herpes. He allegedly gave it to her, and we know he has herpes because the lawsuit tells us he contracted herpes sometime sometime around 2010. He had sex with this woman sometime in 2013. It happened in California. California has very strict laws about people who normally have communicable sexual diseases, um, not alerting partners of that and not having protected sex because they see it as a pretty big crime. Therefore, because Usher had sex with this woman, having this disease, giving it to her allegedly, uh, in the, the time frame, he had to pay her for damages. $1.1 million more or less. Uh, This was a weird week for stars and celebrities uh, that going to things like that. We'll talk about R. Kelly in just a bit because obviously he was a big hit. Uh, A lot of other kind of falling stars or big-time stars having some issues in extramarital things. It just was one of those weeks apparently. Now we go to extramarital things to extramarital things with Ashley Madison. The parent company of Ashley Madison has settled a lawsuit or at least proposed a settlement For all the people who had their data breached, all the people who were on the users list, who were released to the public, who had to be shamed. And some of them even losing lots of money and lots of respect, lots of property and plenty of damage for having their names be on essentially a very, very, very extensive madams list. Ashley Madison is going to pay a big chunk of money to settle with the people. Because What they had was a data breach. It was effectively just a data breach and their private information was released. The fact that it was released from a site where people were encouraged to go out and have affairs is just the minor part of the story. The big thing is personal data was released without their knowledge and without their permission. And so Ashley Madison's parent company is paying up the bill. Heinz Ketchup tried to do something for Chicagoans, just trying to be good guys, trying to make a little extra money and help you guys out in the business world by introducing something they called Chicago Dog Sauce. So what is Chicago Dog Sauce? It's basically ketchup with a little bit of extra flavor. It's a tomato-based sauce with spices and herbs, just like ketchup is. But it comes in a different color bottle uh, for Chicagoans. It was released this week uh, by Heinz and Let's say that Chicagoans weren't exactly digging the Chicago dog sauce since ketchup, or Chicago dog sauce, which technically is ketchup, is not a thing traditionally put on the dogs in Chicago. You can top it with mustard, you can top it with sauerkraut, you can dump a bunch of chili all over it, but ketchup is not really a deal for the traditional Chicago dog. That's what they say. So Heinz trying to do a solid for the city of Chicago may have backfired with that promotion. We actually have two Game of Thrones related stories in the top ten this week. Uh, One a lot more serious than the other. But this one, let's get this one out the way first because it's the funniest. Ed Sheeran, you may know him from singing really, really deep spiritual songs to the soul of ladies out there, had to temporarily quit his Twitter account for a bit. He'll probably come back later, but he had to shut the dang thing down. Because of his appearance on Game of Thrones. Now, Game of Thrones premiered last weekend to lots of fanfare, lots of intrigue, lots of people surprised by the storyline, and a very weird storyline that had Ed Sheeran with a cameo just roaming with the troops, strumming along, doing a ballad, um, singing a song to just a random song inside of the world of Warthros. And the people of the real world thought it was very silly, thought it was very stupid, and jumped all over the Twitter machine to um, tell Ed Sheeran just how dumb his appearance was. And because it was so savage and so raw and so overcoming, and because it just kept, kept coming and coming and coming, Ed Sheeran literally shut down his Twitter for a while so that he doesn't have to deal with the tweets because it was just literally blowing up, well, not quite literally blowing up his phone, figuratively blowing up his phone, going off over and over and over again with tweets. Uh, Professing their hate for Ed Sheeran and him joining the cast of Game of Thrones, even for a short cameo appearance. Most of these things are kind of cool. This one didn't work out so great. Something that actually sort of worked out for Ezekiel Elliott, although it wasn't very cool in the process, was the fact that he was in some sort of altercation from uh, last weekend. Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, the amazing uh, rookie running back from last year, was involved in an altercation in a bar in Uptown Dallas um, coming in this Sunday-Monday. Now, that in itself is not a major problem except for the fact that he was already awaiting some sort of sentencing for a year's worth of really dumb things being done by Ezekiel Elliott, including uh, possible domestic battery charges and just regular that young people do, especially if they have a lot of money and a bit of free time. Now, this was suspected to, be coming, to come along as something that would be added on to whatever was being done. So essentially, if the punishment were basically packaged up and ready to go and just waiting for it to be announced, we did have to open up the package, see if more punishment would come and go from there. The thing that worked out for Ezekiel Elliott in this case was that apparently not too many people are stepping up to the plate to give any information about what happened after the initial police report. There seems to be not enough witnesses to talk about what's going on, and even the guy that eventually was popped isn't really talking about the situation. Apparently, everybody wants Dallas to have such a great year. They don't want Zeke to be in trouble for it. So this ended up being dropped, at at least as far as charges, and so this won't go into the big NFL investigation. Although, once it's in your mind, it's hard to really erase it. We'll see if that becomes a problem for Ezekiel Elliott when he gets his actual uh, punishment from the NFL, and we'll see if him... And Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott can do another thing like last year, repeat for their sophomore season, or whether the Blues will come in this year of a slump. Donald Trump only gets one real mention this week in the top 10, which is a rarity for us, apparently, because I seem to have a section for Donald Trump and you guys seem to jump in on it and find the ones that I jump onto. But the only thing he got called out for in the top 10 this week, trust me, there's more later on, is the fact that he has hit the lowest job approval rating mark in modern polling history. Out of every single president since they started actually keeping polls, Donald Trump is at the lowest for job approval ratings and and not very good for uh, his um, job unapproval ratings. People basically hate what he's doing. And we'll talk about some of the things that that have been responding about him all week long in some other stories, but this is the only one that cracked the top ten. By the way, it's number five uh, in, in the stories that they released over the over the weekend, over the week. So this is the one you guys thought was the most important on Trump, the fact that nobody apparently likes how he's doing. He still seems to have plenty of support from his base, but as far as people expect him to get any work done, people are starting to grow tired of the Donald Trump game. And speaking of games, number four story, his recruit, Marvin Bagley III. He's the top high school basketball recruit in the nation. He's a senior this year. At the moment, he may change his classification so that he can be a college freshman within weeks that will allow him to play basketball this season for a college, possibly Duke or USC, and he would be a one-and-done and go fairly high in the 2008 NBA Basketball Draft. Now, this is not as odd as you would think. Many players in the past, past couple of years, and a lot of very high draft picks do this. They... um find a way to uh, reclassify themselves and essentially graduate early. These kids are really smart. That's the, that's the kind of thing that gets lost in the whole shuffle This. These are really smart kids who have enough credits and enough um, uh, exposure and enough um, thought process to kind of get around the system that we have for the drafting and get into basketball on the draft level a whole lot easier. Now, if you're just going to quit high school and join the draft, That'd be different. But right now, he's technically a junior going to his senior year high school. He can reclassify himself based on the credits he has for school and start college early, which would mean he'd be a college freshman, which means he can play a full season of basketball, show off his gifts, and make big money in 2018's draft. We'll see if that actually happens. If he does, good luck to young man because it's all about getting a job. Our second Game of Thrones reference comes not so much from Game of Thrones, but from the creators who are doing something very, very dumb. The number three story is the fact that the creators of Game of Thrones have their next series ready for HBO, or at least in the works, planned to go. When Game of Thrones ends its run very soon, a new series called Confederate will begin the its life. Confederate is named after the Confederate states that attempted to succeed from the Union way, way back when. This is an alternate history show, where the Confederacy actually lives today, in 2017-ish, the Union was not able to stop the Confederate uh, Revolution, and they seceded from the the United States, making two Americas, although there's really a whole bunch of Americas, a United States of America and a Confederate States of America, which actually practices some form of slavery, which somehow works morally and economically in the year 2017-ish. Now, whether they actually place it in 2017 is not exactly what was stated, but they did say it was a way that worked into slavery in a modern-day working sense. Now, some of the intrigue built into the story is the fact that there's apparently another Civil War a brewing in, the, in this worldview. And so that's one of the intrigues, one of the things they work out story-wise. Now, this is gaining a bit of popularity because of the genre of alternate history stories. There's plenty of, um, you know, dystopian stories of the future where things are blown up and everyone is kind of living out in this weird kind of future. But this is a story where they take something that happened in the past, flip it on its head, and see what happens if the opposite, if some uh, random event flipped it and made something else work out. For example, the shows that have been big support with this, big show that really big things of this are something like The Handmaid's Tale, which is a alternate universe of us based on weird events. And the really big one they're using is the show, The Man in the High Castle, based on a book, The Man in the High Castle, which is an alternate telling of history where the Nazis and the Axis powers in general win World War II. In that story, it's coming more into light of how things happen, but essentially the Nazis got the jump on the nuclear bomb. They bombed Washington, D.C., and America fell apart at that point. They were able to split the nation into a part that was controlled by the Nazis, a part that was controlled by Japan. Meanwhile, the Nazis are still kind of turning the screws in power, and they're about to go to war again, with Japan essentially take over the entire world, as opposed to just the big chunk that they already are owning. Uh, A lot of comparisons go to those two shows, because those are examples of a warring nations where one thing changes, and someone else wins the war, and someone else's worldview is in place. The big issue with the Confederate is the Confederacy, from a history standpoint, from historic real historic standpoint, had no real chance of actually winning a war with the United States. What they were shooting for was that some other nations would essentially give them the same um, sort of eye view that they gave the original colonies back in the day as seceding from their, their oppressive, aggressive main union. They were hoping for France— and UK to back the Confederacy as their own country, which means the United States would back away from fighting them. That never happened. The North was able to pretty much overrun the South because they didn't have the resources, and essentially all the able-bodied men they could use for troops were kind of stuck being slaves. A bit more complicated. As an African American, this is something that really does not interest me, although I'll probably end up watching to see what exactly they're going to get down with this thing. But there's so many weird stories and weird parallels that do not interest me at all in a sense of just, just common sense that I don't understand why someone would put this in, into writing, put this in words. In fact, many of the reports that, of course, blasting this come down to the fact that um, it's not a big deal because, quote, unquote, white people get green, light, green lit stuff. That's really stupid a lot of time anyway, unquote. Because this is a bunch of white people with a radical idea, it, it's getting greenlit, even though it's a radically bad idea, as opposed to something a bit more sensible. We'll see how that works out. The number two story goes to R. Kelly, who was apparently running a uh, sex cult, uh, abusing women and holding them against their will. And by the way, the women are barely over age. At least this is what some parents were told by police. That's how it was portrayed early in the week. R. Kelly. Is holding women who the women going in to quote unquote work with R. Kelly to be um, ma- be monitored, <laughs> to be mentored, and work, work it with them in the music business are coming into this house, never getting a chance to leave, performing weird sex acts on Mr. Kelly, and um apparently just in this weird cult like thing. R. Kelly, of course, is saying this is not happening. Uh, some of the women who are involved in the mentoring program are saying this is not happening. This has turned into a pretty big story in entertainment across the lens because R. Kelly is R. Kelly. Unfortunately, your reputation does precede you, and the things that you're known for in the past are always there. They may not bring it up when you're in good company, but when they get a chance to get behind your back, trust me, they're probably talking about you. So R. Kelly is refusing, refuting, let you say, the idea that he's running a sex cult and... This thing is going to play out a lot longer than we actually want to care about. And the number one story for the week is that a second person was charged uh, in the confession from Cosmo DiNardo uh, in the killings of the four men in Pennsylvania. Now, of course, he confessed fairly late in the week and over the weekend, Friday into uh, Saturday, he drug his cousin into it. What began was uh, first DiNardo took one man out to the family farm out in the middle of rural Pennsylvania they're going to do a drug deal out there out in the open or out not out in the open where no one can see them he ended up just killing the guy um and burning his body running over with a uh, backhoe and burying it so it could be hopefully not not found next day his cousin brings out three more guys that they're going to rob, and the two of them together kill those three guys and bury them someplace else. So the four missing guys within a couple days are all found because Donardo gives up the information on where they're buried. He buried one guy separately from the other three, and this story will continue on a very gruesome, very grisly note for quite some time as well. And those are the top 10 stories from 10 to 1 that we went over last week in conversations from Friday the 14th of July until Thursday the 20th of July, seven days of conversations. The next seven days will be talked about in reverse order form about seven days from now on the 29th of July. So stay tuned for that coming up next week. And, of course, be a part of all the conversations we have all week long to determine what stories make it into this part of the show. You do that by following us on social media, TH underscore Conversation. That's us on Twitter. This is Conversation. This is us on Facebook. And of course, thisisconversation.com is our main website. In just a moment, we'll get in contact with Daryl McCullough. He is the host, one of the hosts, of the Full Circle Podcast, which is not a bad gig to have because he has many beautiful female co-hosts. And because of that, The conversation is sometimes controlled by the many female, beautiful co-hosts. We'll talk about that in a bit, what it's like to uh, run this show. It's been a very popular show, uh, what, what the community is saying about that, and he has an upcoming podcasters gathering coming up. You can get a lot of information from some great podcasting individuals, insiders, and just podcasters in general. And meet up with some folks doing good stuff in your community. We'll talk to Daryl in just a bit. He will play the brackets, and we'll talk about what he has going on in just a moment here from This Is The Conversation's weekly wrap-up podcast. Coffee for Less is more than just coffee, but it is all about being for less. It's a great site that offers up the greatest in brewing things. That is coffee. That is tea. That is hot chocolate. That is other great delectable sensations for the less part. You get great deals on what you want to brew, and it gets sent directly to you via the mail. You don't have to stop by any warehouse stores or any discounts, cut any coupons. You just go to their website, and they take care of it all. You select from a great listing of brands, including all the ones you really actually know. They have Green Mountain Coffee, Dunkin' Donuts Coffee, Starbucks Coffee, Folgers, Celestial, Kind Brand, and of course, uh, there are all sorts of teas and brews and drinks on those ends. Anything you can think about putting in your Keurig or just putting in your regular pot, they can take care of it at Coffee for Less. And if you go there before the month of July is over, you can enter for a chance to win coffee for not only less, but for free. For a full year. It's that simple. You like coffee? You want coffee for free? Stop by Coffee for Less and get a chance to win coffee for free for a year. And while you're there, see how it's like to order from their great selection of great services. They also have coffee makers and coffee uh, accoutrements, things that go along with your coffee as well. If you're in charge of coffee at the office, they may be the great stop for you. If you're just in charge of coffee for yourself they may be the great stop for you. Check them out. A proud sponsor of This Is The Conversation. We are proud to have Coffee for Less in the family. Just go to thisistheconversation.com slash coffee for less for a great deal on coffee for less. Thisistheconversation.com slash coffee for less. Check them out today. Daryl McCullough is an author, he's a screenwriter, he's an award-winning filmmaker. And, of course, he's a podcast host, and that's how I met him in the podcasting world. I've been lucky to be on his Full Circle podcast a few times, talking about lots of great things, and hopefully we'll get on it more times. We'll talk about that in the interview we did. But I caught him in the middle of a drive, so there'll be some points where he's a bit inaudible. We lost a bit of signal there, but we got a pretty good interview in the time frame, and him playing the brackets was a great job. And he actually gave him the extra bracket, an extra chance to swap out one of the stories for an O.J. story. As we said, O.J. didn't make the top 10. We'll talk about him on the back end and the other things. But O.J.'s parole happened yesterday as this is being recorded. And so we gave him the chance to take up that story. He took it up. And so he will talk a bit of O.J. and his thoughts going all the way back to the original trial and why that was the issue for this trial. In the meantime, we join the interview in progress, me trying to get things settled while he is, of course, on the road trying not to run into things opening up about the podcast the full circle podcast um how long has it been in creation and uh how'd you get to the be so lucky to work with all those lovely ladies that you work with
1: oh wow well full circle has been uh going on for a little over a year and we are a bi-weekly show and we are approaching our 43rd show as far as the people it started out with me and a guy named A awit And I told him there was no way that I was going to do a show unless we had a female perspective. So that's when we went from a liberal, conservative, independent state of mind. And that's Carmen L. Miller. And we have other people who, you know, I call it basically like the full circle podcast crew. So we have several people who are reoccurring co-hosts. But the one that's been hanging around the most is Erica D. White, and she's been great thus far.
0: Now my only complaint about the podcast is that I'm not on enough, so that's I'll go ahead and lobby that right there. So I should I should be on more, but that's there. But even when I get on, there's so many people with great opinions. It's hard sometimes to get a word in edgewise. So how do you manage to get a word in edgewise when often you are outnumbered in opinion?
1: Well, you know what I don't feel. Even though you know, for lack of a better word, you know, I may be one of the central people for the podcast. I don't have an opinion on everything. I don't have to talk every second in my opinion. You know, I'm like a snake. You know, I'll bite and I'll, I'll, I'll back up and recoil. So it's interesting to hear the conversations and then I add, what I need to add, you know, when I feel it's appropriate. But I think it works well. You know, some things I'm going to be a little more verbal on and others I'm not. But thankfully I work with a group of people that have something to say on everything.
0: Now, the, the big thing is you guys cover a lot of topics. You're not just a news per se, but you're kind of a, a life and lifestyle podcast because you cover things from relationships, you cover the topics of doing podcasts, and you're really big into what's in the news and what's going on in world entertainment. How do you figure out how to schedule a show, what to talk about every week?
1: Well, I do the outline. It's structure. It's the same way every show. It's just different things. We have our politics section. We have our entertainment section. And, you know, we do have a current event kind of thing, like what's going on. And then we get into what the actual topic will be. We're chock full of topics to talk about. We talk with our feature guests to see what which topic uh, we're going to talk about. And we just expand from there. You know, it's, we try to keep it interesting and fun.
0: Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the game. Now, I'm going to explain the game to you, and we have a little special caveat based on breaking news from yesterday. This is what we call the brackets. What I have are our top ten stories that have been shuffled in a different order, and we have them listed one, two, three, four. You'll get a chance to pick between the two topics that I give you, which one is a topic that you might actually want to talk about. It doesn't have to be the most important story, but it'd be uh, the two stories this is the one you want to move on to the bracket. You We have 10 stories, so you get a chance to pass on one block, or if you go through the first eight, that last block is automatically passed. Is that um, understandable? Yeah, okay. yeah, I believe so. Okay, sure. so now at the end you'll have the top two stories. You'll get a little time to talk about both of them, but you're playing for a chance. I'll give you the chance right now to drop one of those stories at the end to talk about, OJ, because OJ did not make the top ten because of how late he came into the game. So you have the chance to. Yeah, I
1: like to talk. I like to talk about OJ. So we'll have
0: o- So OJ will definitely be a in t- topic, but we're playing for one of the topics from our top ten that you believe is basically the most important, the most interesting story out of here. And of course, you have no idea what the stories are. Correct? No, I don't. Okay, so I'm going to start off back and forth. This is was been reshuffled, so they're not in top ten order, but they're reshuffled uh, randomly. The first two batches are. Second suspect charged after Cosmo DeNaro confession in Pennsylvania killings or to parents told by police that R. Kelly is holding women against their will in an abusive cult. Which story would you like to pass on to round two? The
1: first one. The first you one. Said okay. past, meaning, meaning that which you said pass, meaning that we won't talk about it. Which,
0: which one would you like to go on to compete for the next round? Which one is the better story you want to talk Killing. about? Killings? Okay. So we'll put the killings on to the next round. So we're not talking R. Kelly. Okay. Uh, the next batch is Game of Thrones creators plan alt-history series called Confederate or basketball recruit Marvin Bagley III may skip high school senior year to be a college freshman this year. Did you hear about the, the show Confederate?
1: You know what? Yes, I did. Okay. Very, very briefly. So would Just you rather, a little bit. Would you rather
0: talk about Confederate or rather talk about uh, the basketball player? Remember, uh, we're going to m- not mark off another one of these in the process. Which one is a— More, the story you'd rather talk about. Confederate. Okay. Next group is Trump hits historic mark for lowest job approval rating in modern polling history. Or Dallas Cowboys' Ezekiel Elliott involved in Sunday altercation at Uptown Dallas Bar. And remember, you can pass on one of these if you want to. Uh,
1: I like to talk about Trump.
0: All right. So you either get to pick this one as the last one before we move on, or you can pass it to the next batch. And it is... Ed Sheeran temporarily quits Twitter after Game of Thrones scorn, or Hines tries to woo Chicagoans to catch up with Chicago dog sauce.
1: The one on the Game of Thrones.
0: Okay, so this is what we're not going to talk about, definitely. Uh, We're not going to talk about Ashley Madison, with its proposed settlement to the people that got their data breached, or Usher paying the woman who said she got herpes for him. So those two have been scratched from the game at this point. So yeah, I heard you, about the, you,
1: the, the, the Usher herpes thing. So That's if you wanted bad. to talk about that, yeah.
0: it's now out of the running. So now we get a chance to go between the uh, Cosmo DiNardo, the murders in Pennsylvania, or Game of Thrones and the show Confederate. Uh, Confederate. All right. And now we go between Trump and his low approval rating, or Ed Sheeran dealing with his Twitter stuff over being on Game of Thrones. Um.
1: Uh, the uh, Trump
0: one. Okay, so now it's between these two because you said you want to talk about O.J., so I'm going to give you time for O.J. You want to talk about um, uh, the show Confederates, the possible show Confederate, because we'll see how that's going along the lines, or do you want to talk about Trump and his low approval ratings? Which one is the bigger well, story to you?
1: The, the, the uh, low approval ratings. I'm did. i I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, but okay. I don't know the names Okay, I a lot of characters. Because
0: they drop off so quickly I
1: can't be attached to them so that is you true. Know, I'd have to feed
0: off of you so yeah yeah I, I actually have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones so the the show itself is not interesting but what popped up as interesting was Ed Sheeran did a cameo where he literally just started singing in the middle of the of his of his spot and people thought it was so horrible they you know basically pelted him with Twitter follow Twitter hate and he dropped out of Twitter for the weekend so he could so, it, so his phone would drop blow up. All right, so because of the we were going to talk two things. Uh your second story was um I've lost myself now. The second story was was Confederate. So we're not talking Confederate today. Maybe we'll bring it up later, but I want you to get a chance to talk about Trump and his approval ratings, but first you want to talk some OJ because he didn't quite make the top 10. So I'll let you talk about OJ and his parole, parole hearing from yesterday.
1: Well, uh OJ is uh I can remember when, when the, the whole case went down and everything and how the world was divided. I mean, it's huge. And I have no clue why someone said, matter of fact, I think it was this lawyer. He said, if this was OJ's first wife, who was black, um, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No one would care. No one cares if they, if, a, if, a, if, a, if it's a black man and a black woman, it's something about that interracial thing that, that, that just, I, I don't get it. So, uh, I mean, everybody is just so intrigued by this. They were 20 years ago, and they're going to be, they're still intrigued with it now. So by him getting out, 70-year-old man, I mean, wow, he's probably not going to pass a red light. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be a a changed man, nine years in prison.
0: Now, do you think that Um, he would have spent a full nine years in prison if it weren't for... The first trial, exactly how you said, the intrigue on his second wife being a white woman, and all the things dealing with that twenty years ago, no. which it's different than it is no, now. But you don't think he spent he had spent nine years in jail for what he did if it weren't for the previous non conviction?
1: Uh, definitely not. I think people were like, "Well, we didn't get you for this. We're going to get you for that." I mean, the man went to jail for stealing his own thing. Do I think OJ uh, uh, was is, is guilty of murdering murdering his wife? Uh, if he didn't do it, I think he he definitely knows who did it. Uh, he shares some guilt. Uh, if anybody who's ever been uh, crazily in love with somebody and that's jealous, I mean, I, I can see it happening uh, with the rage that he has, and, and you know that's been televised, uh, heard on the radio, and things like that. So regardless, he's got he's got a tough road uh, getting out of prison, but this will be interesting. But I'm sure he's going to be in the news, interviews, and things like that.
0: Exactly. All right, so this is a story you actually picked as the biggest one out of our uh, listing. And I don't have the number where it came in in the top 10, but it did come in within the top five somewhere in that. And this is Trump with his historic mark for the lowest job approval approval rating in modern polling history. Since we've been counting this number, he is right now at the lowest approval rating and not so great at his disapproval rating as well. What do you believe is the the purpose of this why is this so
1: well as a trump supporter i think that it's a lot of sour grapes still i think it's going to continue for a while saturday night live is in hiatus a little bit as far as i know so no one is bashing the president or any governmental officials which i think should be illegal i uh am am not as proud of trump as i was in the beginning but i think it's going to mainline you know it's almost like me talking i'm a Golden state warriors fan too but we won. So I don't need to, to talk and to, to, to do this and compare notes. The Golden State Warriors won. You have to deal with it as a loser. So I think the Hillary supporters, Bernie supporters, they want to hear this. But I do think that the shine of Trump is wearing off. Uh, I think if six months from now, I think everything's just going to be just, okay, he's just a president, and we're going to deal with this. Right now, that shine is still there, but it is definitely beginning attorney
0: but do you think that he really he I, he seems to care about his coverage but do you think he cares enough to change his ways to fix this or he just assumes people should love him because he's who he is
1: he's going to do what he has to do i don't think he cares he just seems like the type of guy who when you're at that status prior to him becoming president he cares what people think but he doesn't care my complaint with trump i think you should be Totally taken off of Twitter. Other than that, he's going to do what he has to do. I believe he's a winner, and I believe he's going to ultimately win. It.
0: Will he get another term?
1: Uh, now that I'm going to say no. However, if the Democrats and her independents don't stop with the anger and focus that energy on a viable candidate for their party, they're going to find themselves in the same situation. Now, the reason why we have we had a Barack Obama was because we had a George Bush. The reason why we have a Donald Trump is because we had a Barack Obama. Now, if they don't uh, get themselves together, yeah, he's gonna, they're going to find themselves in the same situation. So, uh, you know, it'll, I'll, I'll be anxious to see who will be the next Chinese star coming out of the Democratic Party. Okay,
0: so Daryl, now we get a little time to talk about your upcoming pod meetup. Uh, tell the folks where it is, what's the big plans for it, and how they can be involved with it.
1: Well, it's not like I'm speaking like I'm a, uh, I've been podcasting for ten years. However, uh, my, my job uh, by day is sales, and I'm always analyzing things, and I'm looking at these other podcast conferences charging three, four, five hundred dollars. And I'm like, son, huh, it's kind of interesting. Would I rather meet, Would I rather see someone that's getting 10,000 downloads or would I rather personally talk with someone who's getting 5,000, 4,000? To me, I would rather talk to that person. Uh, so that's what, how we came up with the National Podcast Conference that's going to be in Perrysburg, Ohio, which is right on the outskirts of Toledo. We're going to have several, i say uh, about 10 or more, Uh, podcasters that are doing well and they're going to speak on various subjects to help up-and-coming podcasters as well as seasoned podcasters. And we're going to have vendors, entrepreneurs there during the lunchtime, and then we're going to have a concert following the conference. It's going to be a full day. We're going to have a great, great time with a lot of, uh, like I said, seasoned podcasters giving a lot of information that's going to be beneficial for all.
0: Okay, so tell us how to get involved in the conference and then the website to get involved for listening to the podcast
1: if you check me out daryl mccullough daryl e mccullough on facebook information is there if you go to the full circle podcast show.com information is there and for the national podcast conference if you go to national podcast power.com we have a website there with all the information discounts on hotels around there and uh, the I believe very reasonable price to participate in this conference.
0: Daryl McCullough, he's a man of many things. He's a multiple-time author. He is a award-winning uh, filmmaker. He's a podcaster, and uh, he just a pretty great guy. Although, like I said, I need to be on the show more often. That's that's my last little pitch on that. Make sure. Hey,
1: well, I appreciate that. You know, you know, I love having you on the show. I appreciate the fact that you're. Uh, Podcasters are reaching out. Uh, you know, we're all in this together.
0: Make sure you tell Carmen I said hey, and we'll get her on in a few weeks. Once again, we give a great big thanks to Dara McCullough from the Full Circle Podcast. And just for being cool and, of course, playing the brackets with us, talking up uh, the great stories and how he saw the news for the past week. And we're going to make a way so that you can get a chance to play the brackets with us. Uh, We're trying to make it so it doesn't – so obviously not as – labor-intensive as it can be to make these things work out. So we're going to make it as simple as possible. As soon as we figure that out, you'll get your first crack at the brackets with us every single weekend when we do the weekly wrap-up podcast. Now let's get into some of the other stories that did not make the full cut of the top 10 because numbers just just didn't work out. But we think they're very great stories, and we have some that are just kind of out there that I have to get in. I got messy and didn't get them in during the week because of greater stories. So I'm going to use this time to kind of filibuster my way in a couple of things. We're going to start off with a story from Shane McMahon of the WWE who actually survived a helicopter crash. One of two people uh, survived a crash that went into the water uh, during the week. He was pulled out was pretty much uh, safe and sound with no serious issues. A man who was a sometime wrestler known for doing very death-defying stunts, jumping off of very large things into large bodies of, of physical things and somehow making it through. Shane McMahon surviving the big death drop for real as a helicopter crashed into the water, surviving that one. Beyonce and Jay-Z releasing not just albums, but releasing the names and some pictures of the brand-new babies, the twins, their names Sir and Rumi. So Sir Carter and Rumi Carter join Blue Ivy Carter in the Carter clan for the most beautiful and luxurious kids in the world. Of course, before they'll be able to take on the world, they'll have to grow up and expand their own capacities, you know, learning how to walk and get potty trained and all that. But Beyonce and Jay-Z announcing uh, the names of their children who were born on June 13th, uh, finally after a little while of gestation and just getting used to them being there. So congratulations to the Carters on the new edition again, and we'll see more pictures of them doing cute things pretty soon, we are sure. Jodie Whittaker is the newest doctor, the 13th doctor, the new first female doctor for the Doctor Who franchise from the BBC and, of course, over here as various members of syndication works out here on BBC America, essentially, and back in the day on the old PBS stuff. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, number one, it's controversial because when Doctor Who was written 40-odd years ago, they never expected to have to have you know, 13 different doctors, 13 different uh, permutations. Every time a doctor essentially dies, they turn into a new person. They recreate themselves in a new image, which is how they wrote off an old guy to a new guy. They didn't expect it to go this long. They didn't expect so many new rotations in a short period of time because so many people got famous and wanted to do other things in the new era of Doctor Who. And, of course, the doctor himself has never been a woman, at least portrayed by a woman, although the Doctor technically isn't a man, although that's, that's even more weird, however. But the first time it's being portrayed by an actual woman, her name is Jodie Whittaker, and the people behind the Doctor Who series says, deal with it, because she is the woman, the first woman doctor. Some people were saying that maybe they'd even go really radical and have a black woman doctor play the role, but it just went to one person. Now, whether the Doctor's companions will continue to still be primarily women, because it's kind of the female sidekick thing, we shall soon see as things work themselves out. There were some Twitter jokes this week that had political implications. As a tropical storm named Don and a tropical storm named Hillary both appeared and had a short collision course towards each other, even though they didn't quite work out as tropical storm Don was losing power as Hillary was coming up to prominence. Now, how those came to be, because tropical storms are number one random, they just sort of happened as they did, and the names came to be about five years ago. Remember, the National Weather Service comes up with a list of names well ahead in advance, so they're already in the books for the upcoming years. So this year is 2017, and they probably have uh, 20, uh 2022 at this point just sitting in a list ready to go based on however the hurricanes go. So they're not naming them just willy-nilly off the top of their heads, so you can't say that someone's name was in the news. So upcoming next, Hurricane Beyonce, followed by Hurricane Kim, which befall be followed by Hurricane Black China. You also know that hurricanes, for only in about the last 20 years or so, have been named for men and females, or males and females, split uh, back and forth. For the longest time, they were all really hers. And there's no real reason for that other than the fact that that's how they do that. They name ships after women mostly. Uh, so they name their stuff after the hurricanes after women. That's just how it went for the seafaring. Folk, Hugh Freeze managed to come up the charts very quickly with a very late announcement last night, but not quite making the top 10. For those of you not in the know, for college football and SEC football specifically, Hugh Freeze was the head coach for the Ole Miss football program up until yesterday afternoon. As we're recording this, it would be up until Thursday afternoon as this thing is airing on Saturday. Now, why is he no longer the coach? Why was he resigning, i.e. being fired abruptly? Well, they found some implications in his character that were unbecoming of the football program. Even though he is essentially responsible for some character issues that were unbecoming of the football program inside the football program, i.e. allegations of paying players to play and some other shady deals to make things happen. But what came about was an FOI request on his phone records, which found a call going to an escort service on his school-issued phone, that led to an investigation showing that he was calling escort services and other nefarious torts tor- tor- toward people, supposedly on his personal private time for personal private issues. But as we said, he had some issues with the school and taking the school down some shady paths as well. Because of the way this went down, it's a break in the morality clause and in his contract. There are a lot of those in college football and in sports in general. That means he was terminated with cause immediately, no severance. No go away package, no buyout, nothing from this point on, just man who has to now deal with his family and a bit of shame and bringing more shame to This school that he was working in and doing fairly well at bringing the school into prominence for its actual football ability, even though it was a bit shady. Now, we promise you some more Trump things on top of the fact that there was a hurricane uh, named or a tropical storm named Trump. Uh, this week, the people are speaking, and whether they'll be heard or not is a whole different wonder. But 67% of Americans in this recent poll came out saying that Trump should delete his Twitter account. We already know that his approval ratings are very, very low because a survey said that. Trump actually attacked the survey done by ABC News in a tweet all things, because that's how he does it. But 67% of Americans in his recent survey says that they wish the president would literally get rid of that Twitter account and stop doing it because it is a distraction. Done. Said. Over. That's essentially how they put it. And they don't want it to go down anymore. Our last bit on Trump this week, the White House is downplaying an extra meeting between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin at the G20 summit there was a second meeting after a dinner that lasted for about an hour where Trump and Putin just kind of went off to a corner and talked to themselves remember Donald Trump doesn't speak Russian so Trump had the gift of Putin bringing along his Russian translator to translate for the talk back and forth we had no gift of anyone from America who was around to actually what actually was said in this extra hour of chat after dinner, uh, so we don't know what was said. The president had not said what was said. The White House is saying they just had a little extra long chat after dinner, after the G20, after an event. Uh, but we don't really know what was chatted about, and that is essentially how things go down with the Trump administration. A woman in Saudi Arabia walked the streets alone in a miniskirt and a crop top. Somebody recorded it and made a social media profile for this woman against her knowledge and because doing what she just did, walking down the street, uncovered is a crime in Saudi Arabia. She has been arrested and has had a stern talking to at this point. We'll see how the actual trial we'll say per- proceeds. But there is a state of police in the in the region for most of the Arab countries. There, Saudi Arabia has a very strict pol- religious, religious police that goes about to make sure that the religious laws are being kept. And the law of their very strict religion, their very strict interpretation of Islam, is that all women are going to be covered at all times. A miniskirt and a crop top and wandering the streets is obviously not being covered. No one was around. It was in total um, solitude. So why she was being recorded and why she was doing the walking, those are two questions that only she can answer and the person doing recording can answer. But... That's what we know from this thing. It's a very interesting story that will bring in a lot of women's rights groups from the world, even though they know what they say has little to do with what goes on with the actual goings-on in Saudi Arabia. An Alabama hunter shoots down an 180-pound wild hog that is wandering in his front yard. I did not get a chance to get to this inside of the daily recaps because it didn't come up on the top end of the stories. But by golly, I got time now. I'm making time right now. A hunter is just minding his own business when a wild hog comes from out of the woods and is just kind of munching in his yard. He shoots it, shoots it dead because it's basically a nuisance. that calls animal control like he should and then shows it off. It was 180 pounds. Every time you see one of those pictures in the National Enquirer about these monster pigs at some place and see some kid, some little bitty uh, 10-year-old with a rifle and some big, large monstrosity, these things do exist. There are wild feral hogs that are out and about, and they are actually pretty dangerous. So that's a big thing. This was essentially could have been a menace to the actual neighborhood and how he just kind of wandered out at this point. No one really knows. No one has found a grouping where he could have came from. But if you see a wild hog that big roaming through your neighborhood, you might want to be on the lookout as well. John McCain is diagnosed with a brain tumor. That is why they had the very extensive surgery that he did a few weeks ago. Uh, they've called it a blood clot into the media before, a blood clot behind his eye. But actually, the procedure was a bit extreme to do that. Find out that he actually had a brain tumor in that area. It was removed. He is now going through treatments. He may have to deal with radiation and chemotherapy on the back end. But right now, thoughts and prayers going a lot going out to John McCain as he takes on another battle with cancer. Of course, very famous for having myeloma and dealing with that for many years. And many thought that maybe the uh, the tumor, the uh, blood clot that they were taking out was in an area where he was known for having some of the skin taken off for his myeloma. But this happened to be another form of cancer, a brain tumor that was pulled from his head. Winnie the Pooh found himself in a very sticky spot this weekend when he was blacklisted by Chinese Internet censors. China censors it its Internet from things they don't like their people there to see. Things that are more Western and really kind of freedomish, if you will, even though they do have lots more freedom in the area of China than we may actually understand. But things are monitored and the things are censored very heavily there in China. The problem with Winnie the Pooh is that someone started making some comments that Winnie the Pooh has some very similar um, looks, a very similar look to the president of China, Xi Jinping. So after, you know, essentially insulting the president, or maybe insulting Winnie the Pooh, China decided to stop all images all references to Pooh Bear, Tigger, and the crew because of the insult. Whether that will be lifted anytime soon, who knows. And who really cares in that one? That's kind of a really, really extra silly one. I just know that if we ever go to China, I doubt we'll be taking any Winnie the Pooh books with us because that will probably be a problem. Wrapping things up on a sadder note, these are a large number of deaths that we had to acknowledge throughout the week, uh, starting off with The Walking Dead stuntman who died after an accident on the set of taping for Season 8 for The Walking Dead. Of course, they halted production after that. We'll find out when production comes back into full effect for that program. Bob Wolf, the legendary sports broadcaster who, of course, called Don Larson's perfect game in Yankee Stadium, doing that thing for 80-odd years died at the age of 96 over the weekend. Also dying over the weekend, George Romero, who, of course, the man who created zombies, or at least zombies in the forms we think of them as slow-shuffling beasts, from Night of the Living Dead, the creator of that and all the Living Dead shows after that, and the inspiration for zombies in general, is dead at the age of 77. Linkin Park singer Chester Beddington dies after suicide on the same day as the birthday of the next birthday, it would have been the birthday, for Chris Cornell, of course, dying a month ago from hanging a suicide as well. Chester uh, dealing with his own personal demons of depression and mental health. This is a great time to remind people about mental health being a serious problem. And if you have issues with mental health, it is very good to reach out and grab someone and make sure they help you get whatever you need. On top of that, we also have the autopsy coming out from ex Bills wide receiver James Hardy. His death. Of course, he was found um, floating uh, from a river a few weeks ago. Uh, His death ruled a suicide as well. So mental health, these things, very serious. If you are having troubles, I've had troubles with these personally and have had to deal with the shame in my head of reaching out for help only to find out that people were more than happy to help me through what was going through. So if you're having any issues with mental illness, any issues with depression that you just can't shake, please reach out to someone. Uh, as soon as possible And they will give you all the help that you will need Trust me And another sad story Nine people dead after a Arizona swimming hole It gets flooded uh, during a flash flood A quick flash flood incident came through a swimming hole And many people weren't prepared It washed people away Nine people dead One person uh, was missing for a while But was found later on down the line And Seacrest Inn Wrap this thing up on the best that we possibly can If you are a fan of American Idol Then guess what buddies you know it's coming back to the ABC, not Fox Channel, but it is coming back with the original guy that does that, God guy that takes long breaks, long transitions, and goes into commercial breaks. That is Ryan Seacrest as the host of American Idol. No, Brian Duckelman has not been asked to be a part of this. He probably will never be asked to be a part of this again, but Seacrest will host American Idol when it revives itself on the ABC network coming up. Very, 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 very soon. And those were some of the other things, some of the biggest stories across the week that didn't quite make it in the top 10 for numbers wise. We had about 82 different stories inside of the conversation over the week. So it was a very big week. We had a lot of late stories popping up and you did respond to a lot of those. Immediately, so maybe you guys are night owls. Maybe you are international and you're on a different schedule, or maybe the ones we picked for late night hours were the ones that really were enough to get your go to get you respond to. Thank you so much for responding to all of the stories. As you know, to keep up with all the stories and help us pick the ones that are the ones, you just need to follow us on social media and respond to the stories as you see them all day, every day. On Twitter, th_conversation. On Facebook, look for This Is The Conversation and find us online for our real home at thisisaconversation.com. Make sure you stop by and uh, click on the link for our great sponsor for this week, that being Coffee for Less, thisisaconversation.com slash coffee for less for great deals on coffee and a chance to win coffee for free for a full year. We once again thank Darrell McCullough for being with us for playing the brackets and giving us some insight on the news and what he has going on. Up there in the Mid Northwest. Great to have him on and great to be a part of this full podcast community, knowing that there's so many people out there who are into great conversations. Daryl and his crew, the great ladies he works with there, are just a couple other folks who are in on this great work. You can help support what we have going on at This Is The Conversation by A, visiting the website. And clicking on the sponsors links, checking out the sponsors there, and, of course, just being a part of the conversation, sharing us, sharing our links from Twitter and Facebook, and, of course, sharing the podcast with your friends, with a couple of enemies. Maybe some random strangers down the street if you're up to that as well. Ratings and reviews of the podcast are always awesome wherever you get them from. Whether you're an iTunes person, whether you're a Stitcher or Spreaker person, we get lots and lots of response from iHeartRadio these days. I'm not sure why, but we love you guys on iHeart. Keep on listening and let us know what we can do for all of you wherever you are. And just leave a rating review wherever you are so that other folks can see what we're doing pretty good since it seems like we're doing pretty good. If you're not doing so great, let us know that as well. We'll work on that. On top of that. So there you have it. That's all you need to know. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of the conversation for the full seven days we had this week and being with us in theory ahead of time in the future for a full seven days. On Monday, we'll have a daily recap podcast, which we'll do three days that'll be Friday Saturday Sunday then we'll have a five day a week uh, deal for each day coming back on Saturday where we will recap the top 10 and some of the other thens for seven days out which began yesterday July the 21st 2017. (laughs) Thank you again for just being great people. It's awesome to have you along the lines and join us for more podcasts, more conversations, and just more great, good sunny-side stuff. Oh, by the way, I have other projects at my main website, jcleanpain.net, so check that out for other things as well. And now we officially bid adieu, wrap up for the day, and prepare for more great conversations with you inside of this. conversation. a conversation.com.